Blog Talk Radio. Conducted by the FBI, 
and uh, help me again with that. He just joined us, my co-host. Y'all know him from the RSHXP Sports, and where he raps about all things XPC Sports, as well as the, the Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every week, Dwayne Nash in the house. Dwayne, I'm about to get into this crazy-ass LSU basketball scandal, man, and I was talking about Will Wade. Uh-huh. There's many ways to go with this, brother, but uh, first of all, welcome. And also, uh, Thank you. Um, you know, the thing is that if you're a head coach, this is the biggest problem I have with it. It's not that they, for the alleged cheating, not for what have you, this whole college basketball scandal, which I think is bullshit. And I think uh, the FBI should be doing something more constructive. But, well, not constructive, but more exactly. important than cheating in basketball. But that's another story for another time. Um if you're a head coach at a major program, what the hell are you doing on a phone with a recruit, making the, making, <laughs> making the alleged offer? Why not have, like, a flunky do your bidding? Really, he's, he's, a, he's probably the biggest fool, one of the biggest fool, not the biggest fool in all sports. If he's going to be on a phone. I mean, what, what the hell? What, what, I mean, if anything, Stephen A. Smith has something called a stupid tax. If anything, uh-huh. stupid tax alone should get his ass fired. But oh yeah, I mean, is that not oh, weird yeah. or what? Well, can coach be doing that shit instead of having a flunky do it? Now, it's one of two things. Either he built the program LSU. You know, they've had stars throughout their their time in the SEC, especially over the the past uh, couple of seasons. But um, he thought that you know the program would either fly under the radar or he was just that cocky that he didn't care. Mm. And with just the latter, talk about a stupid tax. My God, that's just right. Hey, you're right. That's something that shouldn't be. Matter of fact, we, we, we've talked about this before. We've talked about how, yes, coaches know. Well, I'm still in the belief that college coaches know what's going on within their program. But over the past right. couple of years, especially when it comes to this FBI investigation, there have been several who have come out the box and said, I had no idea. You know what, yeah. You should have been one of them coaches that had no idea. You're right. You, you should have had a flunky in that situation. Not even an assistant, an assistant of an assistant, a friend of an assistant, a friend of the program, like on one of my favorite movies, Blue Chips. You go in here and you have you are happy <laughs> in that situation. Call up right. the athlete. If you're going to go this route, I don't suggest it, but if that's what you're going to do, you have someone that's not you or directly linked to you. Do your business right. in this situation. But, yeah, it's just insanely cocky to me for him to do so. Matter of fact, it just shows his cockiness a little bit more. Um, I saw a report earlier today that said that he was supposed to have a meeting with the university, I'm sorry, with the NCAA, and you heard that the FBI yeah. was going to be there. It's like, nah, dog. Nah, dog. I'm not having this right. Nah. So that, that just ties in hand in hand. But, um, my God, man, it's just, it's just insane that he felt that brazen in order to do so. I, I can't think of a coach over the past 20 years that has been that brazen. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's, I, I understand he may have been desperate to get this because he's like one of the top recruits in the nation, but you have a flunk. I mean, why? 
why? I mean, he. Can, I mean, he can't. He can't use the excuse that he didn't know because he was a damn fool who did it. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's why they hire assistants for. That's why you have interns for. That's why you have, anal, quote unquote, analysts for. Do your bidding. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, you know, look, I'm not going to be one of those sacrimonious, uh, and, and we'll close a segment on this because the NFL is a main appetite, they, 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 like the main course, as we both know. But I understand, you know, I understand, like, one to get, one to land the big fish. And also, you know, I was, I was saying that, you know, I'm not going to be one of the sacrimonious, like, hypocrites who go on and extol the virtues of college collegiate athletics and the the quote unquote amateurism, or, or as, mm-hmm. as uh, Jason Woodlock wants to like, like, let's call it shamaturism, because it's a big sham. You know, it it's like, sham, it, you know, it's like, wow, you, these, how could these kids cheat and take money? How could these coaches do all this stuff? It's a big money business, and you're gonna get mm-hmm. paid for wins and losses. And if you ask those in three years, you're gone. And there's yeah. so much money, Toast. there's so much money at stake. Thanks to these television contracts with uh, with with with, uh, with 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 the cable networks, ESPN. I'm looking right at you, brother, as well as Fox Sports. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's too much money out there, and that amateurism both just sailed a long ass time, long ass time, ago. long time ago, long time ago. Exactly. It's actually that's exactly what it is. It's gotten to the point now where one individual player can impact yeah. how much money an entire conference gets, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the TV dollars. Look at look at Zion Williamson, the impact that he. I mean, I understand this. Yes, yeah. but he still has a yeah. huge impact on a program as big as Duke, on a blue blood like Duke. So yeah, we already right. know one player. Can impact it. Imagine if he stays next year. I mean, we know he won't, but imagine if he stays next right, year right. once the ACC yeah. network gets up and running. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know how much money he would bring that network? How much additional money oh, he would bring shit. that network? Now, of course, there will already be eyes on the team because it's Duke. But that Zion factor in his second year, my God. Mm-hmm. Especially with, with those who have anticipation. <clears throat> Depending upon what happens between now and 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 in April, if you know if he if he doesn't win it all, you know if he comes back for that second year, oh this could be the year I'm gonna stay healthy, come out the box, play the entire season, and and see if we can take this program to to another Final Four. The anticipation and, and, and the eyes again will be there to watch him all over again. This time with the network. Oh man, ESPN is. is it's, it's saying the sweet little player, they know they're going to come true, but they just a wish. Because there's right. one impact, and I understand, like I said before, I understand that that has <laughs> the, the ability to have that happening. But if I'm a head coach, I'm not going to risk my program. I'm not going to risk my job right. to go ahead and try to get that type of impact of a player to come to my program for the detriment of our program. Right. And that's the thing. And, that, and that's the thing. And so, it's it's I mean plus one more thing about that speaking of Duke, you know how much how much they charged the tickets that night when they were in Durham. Dude, when person when the former president Barack Obama was at, they were charging two hundred bucks a head yeah. or like for I, I think lower lower seat I don't know if it's courtside or in the in the lower bowl, but those were how much some tickets were going. 
That's yeah. when you know, and that's to see Zion and Duke on prime and Carolina prime time. But still, the point is, without those kids, no one's going to see those. No one's going to see college, college like college game for like two cents in a in, like, like in a bowl of crackers. So, I mean, it is what it is. Mm. So, I mean, again, yeah. I just think I just find the whole outrage, quote unquote, the full outrage critical. I mean, I mean, I mean, hypocritical yeah. rather. And you know, it, it's just it's, it's what it is. It's, it's total bullshit. But it is what it is. But well, we're moving on from the, from the appetite to the main course, man. Look, these what happens transpired over the last four, three or four days, give or take three or four days, maybe a little bit more. First, with Antonio mm-hmm. Brown being traded from my beloved Steelers to the Raiders for a third and fifth round pick, which essentially amounted to a coconut smile. And, yeah. you know, with the big bombshell last night of Odell Beckham Jr. being traded from the Giants to the Cleveland freaking Browns. When I saw that alert I was mentioning earlier, like like, like in my monologue, <laughs> when I first ran it, when I first got the alert on my cell phone, when my wife was reading to my son, a bedtime story to my son in the other room, I literally yelled mm-hmm. out loud, What? Yeah, I literally yelled. I can imagine you were in that situation. I could not yeah, it. I could not. First of all, as much as I hate and clown Cleveland, mm-hmm. how about giving Cleveland some props, man? They are swinging for the fences. They 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 are all in. They are all in on this shit, man. And you know, this is total departure from what they what they've been for the last ten plus years. They are all yes, in. I mean, look at that offense. Baker Mayfield oh, makes a good draft. Well, obviously, you have Baker Mayfield, top pick of the draft, rookie of the year, right? Mm-hmm. You have Jarvis Landry, Juice himself, David mm-hmm. Njoku as a tight end, Nick Chubb mm-hmm. and Duke Rob, Duke Duke Johnson toting the rod from the running back position. Duke Johnson is a he's a great is a good third down back. Mm-hmm. And now you have Odell in this mix. And Callaway from from Florida. Like from last season, who a rookie who came on for the uh, like for the Browns. This We're gonna have an total... amendment to that. I'm sorry. There's an amendment to that. There's an amendment okay, to that. Okay, go ahead. Duke Johnson, you might as well go ahead and scratch him out. They're already talking about potentially releasing him because don't forget. Oh. They signed Kareem oh. Hunt. That's right. Yes. That's right. So you have the addition of Kareem Hunt when he comes off his suspension. Potentially week six, week eight. Mm-hmm. Add that in. Well, they may not. They, they may keep on the Duke Johnson, um, um, you know, until then if it, if it doesn't hurt them financially. But um, right, yeah. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in that backfield when he when he comes back, and then you add the yeah. teammates of Landry and, and ODB, like you said, with Baker Mayfield in the old line that's actually uh, pretty good, and a defense that gets better. With, with the addition of Seldon. Now it's Garrett already um, called a shot. He said that they tend to be in the division. He already called a shot. Oh, wow. But see, that's the thing. Because um, the d lineman is yeah. making these moves, man. They are making moves. I'm not used to this, this shit. That's what, a fan. You know what? Neither am I. And it's funny because, um, <laughs> you know, I normally don't, don't, don't watch the, the, the mothership, but I watched a little bit of it today. And um, uh-huh. Romani Jones said, you know, he's never seen – um, the Browns this good on paper in his entire lifetime. He's thirty eight. Now, wow. in my lifetime, 
I, well, of course I remember Puerto Rico. I remember the 80s. Yeah, I was about to say the 80s. We were the know, same age. We were both in the 40s. Yeah, we were the 80s as well. Of course. So, you know, I remember that team. And that, that team's pretty good. They, they made a couple of AFC championship games, took the, um, the Broncos to the break. It's not for the underlying mm-hmm. trouble. But, um, right. my God, you're you, you right. I haven't seen the Browns on paper in a long, long time. And this is what they've been – this is what you would hope uh, an NFL <clears throat> franchise would do once they would get a ton of assets, assets right? and they do the right things with them. This is exactly – it's starting to slowly paint out. Because we, we would joke the Browns, this whole money ball system that they were running. Now, now. Yeah, thank God. But what they're doing is – yes, they've gotten away from that. But what they've done is they've taken those assets that they were, that they, they had their hands on, and they generated mm-hmm. it into pretty good talent. Now, of course, it's going right. to take some time to see exactly if it pans out on the field. But you know, like you said, there are people that, that are calling them. You know, the, the division chance already, giving them the third best odds in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl, which I find That's interesting. Crazy. But not too far off. It's not too far off because if, once again, on paper, if this team pans out and they win the division, look at it. You have the Patriots potentially ahead of them. You have the Chiefs potentially ahead of them. You may or may not have the Chargers ahead of them. So if that's the case, then, yes, there will be somewhere between three and five. And it's not far-fetched if it pans out. That's if. But there were a couple of moves that Baltimore made that I, I actually liked for them, but once again, uh, Cleveland added some studs over there. And and if I'm you, yeah, I'm a I'm a little concerned as a Steelers fan, but at the same time, I'm very concerned. You have history in your side. You know, on paper, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like what's going on over there, but you know, you have history in your side, with histrionics, if you will, and right. and. It's going to be interesting because this is a team over the past 15 years, we've traditionally just rolled them out there and be like, okay, they're getting nine, ten wins. Would they be able to do it this year? It's going to be a test. It is going to be a test. Dude, I'm just looking at the rest of AFC North to your point. You know, mm-hmm. Baltimore, I know they had some, they made that great addition for Earl Thomas, but a lot mm-hmm. of this is. Just drained out. They're a lot. They had a talent train on defense. Terrell Suggs, Hall of Famer leaving. I know he's old, but he was still balling last year. C.J. Mosley lost was he's going to be huge for them, I think, and a few other mm-hmm. losses on the side of the ball. Uh, and plus Lamar Jackson, not knowing that videotaping yourself going over 100 miles an hour, no seatbelt on, is the most stupid thing anyone could do. But hey, that's their quarterback of the future. And exactly. you know, Pittsburgh being the Pittsburgh being the Kardashians, <laughs> and they have a real football team. And then who the hell go, knows what's going on in Cincinnati? People here in Cincinnati, they're yeah. like, what the hell? They're like, what 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 the hell? You resign our worst offensive lineman, the owner mm-hmm. still being Mike, the owner and Mike Brown, and making these bullhead decisions, and they having a young head coach. Brown, the Browns is the, the division is right for the taking for Cleveland. And again, props to the Browns for looking at the survey of the landscape and say, you know what? We can do this. We can, can do this. really, yeah. really do this. Because 
I mean, this if the iron is not hustling the strike now, they'll it'll never be this hot. I mean, again, mm-hmm. it's hard to count the steals. I know it's like they're the OGs in the division, along with Baltimore, so it's like to a certain extent. But all mm-hmm. outside of Cleveland, the AFC North is in a state of flux and decline. And yeah. you know, with the Browns, it's young. They got young studs now. Baker Mayfield is that is proven to be that dude. And you add like OD uh, uh, OBJ to that mix along to go up his boy Jarvis Juice Landry and Nick Chubb and soon to be Kareem Hunt and David uh, uh, Njoku, the tight end. Man, mm-hmm. this, this, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I think the Cleveland Browns are the team to beat in the AFC North this coming year. Like, 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 barring any other free agent moves by the other teams in the division. I don't see anybody on paper challenging Cleveland. I no. really don't. I mean, Cleveland's going to have an easier schedule than the Steelers mm-hmm. and the Ravens. And, you know, it's – and I don't say that they say the NFL stands for not for long. Man, it, it won't be long before the Browns. I mean, the way they're trending upward, the way they're trending upward in this division – I just can't believe I'm about to. We're about to go back to the '80s with uh, with, uh, with this Browns team because they are that talented, yeah. and they don't. They're not scared of anyone. And look the hell out. I mean, the only only wild card is the head coach. You know, former offensive coordinator exactly. who's never been an offensive coordinator before he got promoted, and you know, and so I don't know how he's going to handle the mix of personalities. But that's you know, the other thing too. Exactly. But you know it, what? It's we're gonna have we're gonna have about two to three years to to get this thing right because all that talent on the offensive side of the ball is twenty six yeah. years of age and younger. And yeah, of course, exactly. you know, most of them will, will be there for another two to three years. If they can figure it out between yeah. that time frame, watch out. Yeah. Watch. And I think they will, man. I think they will. I think it's coming sooner rather than later. And, again, I can't believe I'm saying this about the freaking Browns of all teams. But mm-hmm. it's – wow. Wow. It's – I just can't believe what I'm witnessing. When they pulled off that trade, and Odell is reportedly happy about balling with his boy Jarvis, and he's pretty tight with Baker as well. They apparently – had a workout session like between like 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 with Baker and uh, uh, Jarvis, you know, like oh, over, wow. this, over this past off season, over about, about mm. this past summer. So they, he already Odell is already familiar with Baker, and there's a, a, a admiration there already. Man, this this is scary. This is I I can't believe it. I mean, and they gave him a first rounder and a second in the in their second third round pick. Uh, to the Giants as well as Jabril Peppers, which you know, mm-hmm. if you're Jabril, you're like, dude, what the hell, really? Am I going to the Giants where all they have is a skeleton of a Eli Manning and nothing much else? Oh yeah, and Saquon Barkley in there. And if you're Saquon, you're like looking around, going, God damn, just just exactly. God damn, you're going to see eight and nine man fronts because. Eli can't throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field anymore with any zip. And mm-hmm. he's, he's, not, he's not prayer requests already. He's going to get uh, <laughs> like the like the football rep. And you you got to call the boy rep, like your boy the rep, uh, to to help in a, for intercessory prayer on Saquon because he's going to need it. 
He's <laughs> going to need it. Because uh, yeah. Reverend Sauce is not a Giants fan, so, you know, he's – and uh, he's a Kent fan. Oh, man, he's oh, – he's, he's not necessarily, you know, hoping for the worst. Right. For, for, for Saquon. But I, I don't know if he's going to say, you know, any players, you know, wish him health. That'd be about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's – just a. Wow, the Giants are a clusterfuck. It's it's just great. yes, they are. And it's interesting to see them make that that wild turn. Do yeah, yeah, yeah. Did not do them again. well. That's three weeks in a row. Do God did not do them well. <laughs> oh my God, dude! Like to quote the great, uh, late great uh, Vince Lombardi. What the hell is going on out here? <laughs> so, exactly. Oh man, it's crazy. But but if you're a Pittsburgh. You also have to be thinking, God damn. I mean, if you see witness Odell being traded for at least a first, mm-hmm. and Antonio Brown, say what you want about his antics and everything, he's right there with Odell, in my opinion. He, he, with yeah. Odell and Julio Jones. First of all, if Julio mm-hmm. Jones would ever go on the market, do you think the Falcons would set up any less than a first-round pick? Not now. No. Oh, hell Not no. Not now, no. So, and, and so basically, if you if you're the Steelers, if you have old, if you have a Julio Jones like talent and and um and and and, and be, what the hell were you doing taking a third and a fifth? But that's on them because they they they're, they're I mean I love the Steelers, but they're the ultimate mom and pop shop. They they've been doing certain things things a certain way for a long time, and you know I just. You know, first of all, you don't go public if you're all room in a second and say, I can't see them playing him him playing on this team this next year. I don't mm-hmm. – you don't also don't allow so they have your picture take with A.B. for A.B. to post. He had a good talk, but we agreed to disagree, time to move on. You sabotage the mm-hmm. new trade value. And everyone yeah. knows that. Everyone yeah. knows that. I mean, because if you're on the teams, you'd be like, well, you could, if, if the Steelers came at you with a first-round pick offer, you're like, yo, look, we all know that he doesn't want to be on your team. But if you want to keep playing hardball, you you know, you keep playing that because he's going to be in your squad. And now I'm, I know that you mm-hmm. don't want that. Everyone knew that. So he's just sabotaged. They have no business getting less than the first-round pick for A.B., I'm sorry. But they have themselves to blame for that. And I go back to – I know I'm rambling all over the place, but I go back to that Facebook Live thing against the Chiefs yeah. when they beat the Chiefs in the playoffs two seasons ago, or three seasons mm-hmm. ago, rather. Three, and, yeah. you know, I, that would have been a fire to fireball offense. If I was running that team, I'm like, we're not resigning him. He's gone. And you've gotten a better trade value for him then. But you, but instead they paid oh, yeah. him. Yeah. So what happened? So I mean, crazy. But you know what? What there's positives and negatives to that, right? Yeah. Which one do you want first, the positives or the negatives? Ah, uh, give me the negatives. What the hell? Let me give me, uh, right, like, give me the negative to that. Well, you know, it, like you said, you know, they kind of set themselves up with with, with all of the the release of giving information about you know we have to split amicably, but you also put put into that situation. Both of them were a little picky mm-hmm. about where he was going, you know. Right. It, you, 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 you know he was about to go to Buffalo, and, and 
in uh, uh, AB nixed that deal. Plus, Pittsburgh said, you know, there's certain cities that we won't send him to. So that kind of hurt his, his trade value too. So you put you compound that yeah. along with the fact that that teams knew that he was going to be out of the door sooner or later. Of course, but the positive is the Steelers, especially in recent history, have had antidote, yep. at drafting wide receivers in the middle of the rounds in Emmanuel right. Sanders, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Juju Schuster, Antonio Mike Brown, Wallace. they, Mike Wallace, they have recent history in in, in drafting what turns out to be great wide receivers in mid-rounds. So if they can go ahead, reach back, and get that magic once again. Matter of fact, it's, 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 it's a whole rotation, and I know you know it, where they have mm-hmm. a key receiver, they let that receiver go, they draft a mid-round receiver that nobody knows about, he turns out to be the next big thing. So you have the next big yeah. thing, then they go ahead and draft another mid-round receiver. He turns out to be that mm-hmm. Robin to that Batman. Then they end up letting Batman right. go again. And then Robin becomes the man again. And then they end up drafting another one. And then it's, it's, been, it's been like that ever since High Ward. And it, it, it right. just keeps working out for them. So, you know, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm, I'm taking solace in that. But the thing is, it's going to take at least that entire first season to see if they, well, first and foremost, if they end up drafting a receiver in the mid-round to See if it probably will. actually pans out, you know, and, and, and ends up having some sort of talent. And if he does, then I'd relax. But up until then, yeah, I'd be a little worried too, just a little bit. Well, but I have well, a little bit of hope. Point, they 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 draft well. In general, the Steelers do, especially wide receivers. I mean, that's that's been proven. Uh, but I'll tell mm-hmm. you this: I know Juju said tweet on Instagram, will say on Instagram or or whatever that. He's ready. He's up for the challenge, and I believe that he, in his heart, he feels that he is. But the mm-hmm. one thing he's going to have to get used to is those double teams. That's what AB we had the last couple of seasons, which allowed Juju to shine with those single coverage. So, mm-hmm. is he ready? Is he being Juju ready for that? Only time will tell. Yeah, but I'll say this: a lot of people are saying this is a dish about attraction because of chemistry, for chemistry reasons. Look. Mm-hmm. As long as the Pittsburgh Steelers use that money for like like, I know they got twenty one million dollars of dead money with, with with the AB trade. I get it, but with the money they save for like like for like for not from not saving for for not uh, signing rather um, uh, Le'Veon Bell, um, mm-hmm. I would like that money reinvested in, like reinvested in the defense. I would like to see that. Um, mm-hmm. You know that to me is a must. Because especially in the back. Now, I know they they signed a player for free agency from, I want to say, the Chiefs. I forget his name. But apparently he, he led the team in interceptions last season. So there's that. Um, oh, that but, corner. I know who you're referring to. I just can't remember what his name yeah, is. Exactly. So I know exactly who you're talking about, though. Now, Eric Berry just got – speaking of the Chiefs, he got released from the Chiefs earlier, to, earlier this evening. And I know that he's a yeah, health so player, but he's healthy. He's a damn good player. So if I'm Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I'm like, why not get the tires on him? They did it with Joe Hayden. Why, I mean, why yep. not? Why not? What do you have to lose? I mean, that's the weakest thing on the team is the secondary. If it doesn't cost a lot of money, 
you end up getting veteran oh. leadership. The only thing that I'm concerned about, though, and that's something that right. the, um, the, 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 the Chiefs were probably concerned about as well, was mm-hmm. his production, especially in the AFC Championship game, because those plays right. in which um, Gronk needed to be stopped. Unfortunately, right. Eric didn't stop him. So that was something right. that they probably took into consideration, too, that passed defense in terms of the amount of yards that they let up. I know it wasn't all uh, uh, Eric Berry. <laughs> I, I, matter of fact, oddly enough, it's just funny because two of their corners were former Redskins, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, they came straight from Washington on their way to Kansas City, and then it turns out that they had one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Ha, 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 ha. But, um, yeah, that's, that's something that they, they had to take into consideration, especially with the amount of money they were spending on him. So it, it, as sad as it was to, to, to see him get cut, this mm-hmm. is a business, and I understand that. But one of the things that we kind of glanced over didn't even touch at all, especially with the A.B. trade, was the benefit uh, uh, of A.B. going to Oakland. You know, you, you right. There have been people who kind of scoffed at the fact that, you know, Oakland got rid of a younger Amari Cooper to get an older A.B. I look right. at them and I say, ha-ha, look at the numbers. Yeah, A.B. is four years older, but he mm-hmm. almost doubled him up in yardage last year. He most definitely doubled him up in touchdowns last year, 12-5. to five. And, and for whatever reason, it's just all well, not always, but you get Andre Risen, you look at Jerry Wright. Mm-hmm. Whenever you get an older receiver that, especially, goes out to Oakland. As a matter of fact, you look at Keyshawn and mm-hmm. his time at Tampa. Whenever John Gruden gets him an old, an older receiver, that dude ends up right. having a resurgence, and that's right. something that cannot be overlooked. Plus. You take it to consideration that, you know, you, you, that's, that's open on the field. But off the field, right. in terms of finances, the PSLs went on sale this week. And they needed a, a hot, flashy name to attach to the, to the Raiders on their way out to Vegas in order to sell some of them tickets. And it's working. So you have flashy mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, which will work well out in Vegas. Selling them tickets, man. I ain't mad at them. And I think if they continue to make moves, that it'll be beneficial for both AB and the organization. But um, that's that's one of those time will tell things. Right. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see. But uh, I'm, you know, God, I can't believe this. We're watching a resurg- We're watching the decline. A possible decline on the Steelers. I know that Colin Keller said on the spot on the Smash earlier today that don't count mm-hmm. the Steelers because they're like the underdog role, which is don't something you don't really used to see in the Steelers in because everybody's mm-hmm. on the new flare of the month being the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, but there's smoke, there's fire, and for Cleveland to make these moves, these uncharacteristically aggressive moves. After seeing all the all what's going on in the division, the four more going on in the division surrounding surrounding them, look the hell out for the Browns. That's all I gotta say. If it works, if everything works out, the coach knows, like learns how the coach doesn't fall over himself. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, look the hell out, man, because 
if I tell you what, if, if, if Pittsburgh doesn't come up, doesn't that, that like doesn't uh, overachieve as they usually do, keep underachieving, they may, Mike Brown may be out of a job, but that's another podcast for another time. But it's just crazy, oh, crazy, 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 crazy. That's why we love the NFL for the craziness, right? And that's why I love it. <laughs> that's why I exactly. love it. There you go. Hey, man, take a light, man. I'll let you next week. Same with you, brother. Who you with? Who you with? Uh, that's my man, Dwayne Ash. Please check him out on this podcast, on the weekly, weekly podcast. Um, please rate it on Facebook Live, as well as his sports blog, the RSSHBC Sports. Thank you all for tuning in the podcast. It's Scott Burke signing off. Oh, six. Peace.